the only podcast drunk with its own power. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Exclamation mark podcast, the only podcast that's drunk on its own power. I am Crofton Steers, the Will Smith of this podcast, and with me, as he is every week, is my cousin Carlton Banks of this podcast. That is Bo Schwartz. Bo, welcome. Hello. Uh, I don't know what Carlton Banks says as a catch line, but uh, I like to study. <laughs> <laughs> It, it and I do the, awesome. I'm dancing. I'm doing the dance moves. He's got if this was a TV show, you'd be dancing for sure. Yeah, Carlton. Carlton was a pretty good dancer. Incidentally, uh, I don't. Who's the? What's the name of the actor that plays Carlton? He was hosting a game show on GSN. Um, the last time I saw him, it was kind of like it looked like you know um, actor purgatory, where like you were on Fresh Prince of Bel Air and then you're on some poker. Uh, poker game show. It was really. It wasn't a bad show, but I just like, man, that guy had talent. Why is he, you know, why is he doing this show? Anyways, welcome <laughs> to the exclamation mark. Thank you for introducing me. Back to Crofton, who will continue introducing the show. He's uh, yeah, Alfonso Ribeiro. Alfonso Ribeiro. That's his. That's his name, man. And yeah, no, not everybody can be the Will Smith. Don't worry, Bo. You'll get there. Um. And uh, and yeah, he he was. I, I definitely enjoyed watching me oh, some Fresh Prince of Bel Air. The, the, the... the name of the GSN game show was called Catch Twenty One, and it had to do with like getting poker cards and stuff. It was it was pretty bad, but I watched it because Alfonso Ribera is an awesome guy. <laughs> I he, is, he has infectious enthusiasm. Yeah, we love our Carlton Banks. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, you have no idea how many times I've been called Carlton in my life. Really? Oh, a lot of times. Like, like think about it. My can... name is Crofton. If if you go and you say a name like that to somebody who, whose brain just can't understand because he's never heard that name before, what does he replace it with? He's like, this word can't exist. I've never heard it before. So uh, they will often, especially if they're uh, come from a different background, they'll be like, like Carlton. You're Carlton, and I'm like, no, I'm Crofton. I don't even understand why you think I'm Carlton. Anyway, I don't know. Carl- Carlton to me is as equally ridiculous a first name as Crofton. No offense, thank Crofton. You, thank you, Bo. We have ridiculous first names uh, for the most part. All right. So look, before we get into the video game chit chat, jibber jabber, as we want to do on this show, uh, the big entertainment news of the week is that there is a new Star Wars trailer out. Came out, I think, a week ago today. Actually, it was Monday. So if you're Canadian. As I am, as you are, you were watching the Canadian elections, and then all of a sudden, you were like, "Man, I hope Stephen Harper gets the hell out. He's such a dum dum." And then um, the Star Wars trailer was announced, and I immediately xed out of everything Canadian elections related. I was like, "Who cares? I'm, watching, I'm spending the next hour watching the Star Wars trailer over and over again." And I missed Justin Trudeau's speech and everything like that. And really, I was like, "Who cares?" There's a new Star Wars movie. So, um, I I watched all these like breakdowns t- of the trailer. Okay. I, I, yeah, I watched, I, I watched one re- too. Yeah, rewind theaters or whatever, just to break down every little element to be sure I didn't miss anything or whatever. Um, now, look, 
I, I've been fairly cynical about these new Star Wars movies. I, I remain somewhat cynical. However, I I do think that if they're going to do them, it looks it looks like knock on wood they're doing them right because this looks pretty like just the whole old look, the old the decrepit, dilapidated science fiction type of look it looks like they've nailed it like i think that they've nailed it yeah they've gone through great pains to demonstrate the the aesthetic that they're going for and it's definitely doesn't look like you know your prequel aesthetic here it looks like the original trilogy aesthetic that said i still think they're completely unnecessary in the sense that return of the jedi ended with tons of finality it was a happy ending for all your favorite characters and now we're probably going to see a lot of our favorite characters come back and get killed and uh, i'm not overly keen on that Uh, and they're (laughs) starting a new story that's fine but i wish it wasn't called episode seven almost i wish it was like a whole new thing starting some you know new numbers you share you share uh how do you put this you share um a spirit animal with Bioware because Shepard's not coming back in the new Mass Effect. It didn't make it into our news, but uh, that qualified as a news item where someone tweeted Bioware and said, no Shepard in Mass Effect Andromeda? You guys blow. And then somebody from Bioware responded and said, open your mind. A game without Shepard as a protagonist might be a good game. This is news, folks. It's not news. <laughs> it's a nothing, but we'll get to that later. I'm getting way ahead of myself. I, you know, but it, it is, that is exactly like sometimes a world is so rich and so well built. You want to see that world. You want to explore that world without the baggage that previous characters bring. And while I don't mind the occasional cameo, it definitely looks like the, the, the um, older cast are going to be in it more than this. And there's a lot of mystery around what Luke Skywalker's role is. I firmly believe that he's going to be barely in this movie, maybe only at the very end. And then we'll play a larger part in the next movie. But um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it got me revved up, and Sounds you know. Right. Well, you, all right. We, this isn't a Star Wars show because we could probably spend an hour. I have my theories as well. Um, yeah, we should. Yeah, no, for sure. And we last should week, do a special I, I EXM the, sometime where we just talk about the trailer. I played the Battlefront uh, game last week, as everybody knows, or two weeks ago, or whatever. Times blurred together. Yeah. We missed last week. Um, Everyone but, listens uh, to our show. But I'm Star Wars. <laughs> I'm Star Wars up right now. I'm like I'm psyched for some for a galaxy far, far away. And this just was oil on the fire. Yeah. Well, sweet. If you haven't seen it yet, what the hell is wrong with you? You're watching a video game podcast or live stream and not watching the Star Wars trailer as well as part of the things you do. Doesn't seem doesn't compute to me. But let's get going. You ready to get to the news, buddy? Yes. News. Video game news. I'm not your buddy guy. Readme.txt. Sweet. All right, so this is readme.txt where we discuss some of the news that jumped out at us, worthy of discussion. First up, this isn't a news item so much as I logged into Steam the other day and Deus Ex Revision was now on Steam for free. Um, Crofton, we already kind of talked about this a little bit, but just a little PSA for listeners. The original Deus Ex has, of course, had mods and graphical updates, so Steam has an official download now for you to um, play on Steam with the HD graphics. Now, I read some of the comments. They're saying, you know, it's, it's a lot more could have been done, but most they were all mostly positive. 
and mostly saying it's a better way to experience a game again or for the first time, which is something I'm actually hoping to do very soon. The thing, the thing with this, and I'm excited too. I installed Deus Ex a couple of years back, or, or maybe a year or only years, and I installed. I tried to install a bunch of mods. Now I played it back in the day, and for me, Deus Ex is one of my favorite games of all time. The original, to be to be clear. However, I am big enough to admit that some things just do not stand the test of time as well as the others. And I think Deus Ex Revision, from what I can tell from the screenshots and stuff, it looks like for somebody like me that has these memories of the game, it will allow me to relive those memories. But I'm very curious to see how a generation raised on games like Deus Ex Human Revolution with cover mechanics and sleeker controls will be able to go back to sort of the rudimentary um, controls. This comes from like the... um, the period of the first thieves, uh, the first two thief games. Um, there's uh, there's Deus Ex, you know, Die Katana. Like these are these are games that are kind of blocky. They control a certain way, and um, you have to kind of get over that. And for a game like Deus Ex that has a high stealth element, it was easy. You weren't necessarily shooting your way through it. If you did do that, you would probably really hate the controls. But I I I liked it, and I feel like it's part of a a type of PC gaming that doesn't really exist anymore as things become more and more console focused. So, you know, I, I would say both check it out, but like, I, I feel like it may be difficult without a full fledged remake of the original Deus Ex. I don't know if anybody's going to get back into it from if they've never played it before. Well, you know, if I don't play it, it's not the end of the world because there's still more Deus Ex on the horizon. Uh, there's a new trailer for the um, Deus Ex Mankind Divided upcoming game from Eidos Montreal. Uh, and I guess in association with Square Enix, I'm not sure how you credit that properly. But it's called Adam Jensen 2.0, features gameplay um, capture. Not actual like gameplay, like it's not a uh, let's play, but um, in-game sort of cinematics and cutscenes and things. And there was, like, one point where there was this kind of, like, long hair hipster guy with, like, a trench coat that gets, like, I don't know, hit with some attack. And the physics looked really cool in terms of the winds, like, the force wind was, like, making his clothes kind of go crazy. Like, there's some nice touches in this game, and overall the aesthetic looks pretty fantastic. And it gets way more sci-fi. There is this golden diamond skinned guy with a hood on and a, and a gun at one point that looks really intriguing that I think has, has just been first introduced in this trailer. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to this game. I think this is the, of all the non blizzard games, cause I'm the blizzard fanboy on this panel. Um, this is the game I'm looking the most forward to even more than fallout for anything else. I love day. I love what they're doing with day sex. I, I like, um, I share your enthusiasm and, and they're big on their gold aesthetic. I'm, I like that they're continuing it. Uh, I think that like, I'm curious seeing this Adam Jensen 2.0 stuff. If, if he's going to be, because when you play the original Deus Ex and, and then you go back and you get these augments, right? Your character is like a, um, a cyborg and he can get these augments. And the big deal is that they've, they've moved past mechanical to sort of neuro augments and do sex, the original. Um, and the old and and the prequels, Human Revolution, and now this one are supposedly old technology. But there's so much because they're newer games. There's so much like cooler and more graphically intensive effects 
than than are normally seen uh, in the original Deus Ex. I, I just feel like at one point. I'm surprised that Human Revolution got a sequel, a prequel sequel, if you will. Um, yeah. And I'm hoping the next one after this, I'm really excited for it, don't get me wrong, but I'm hoping the next one after it is either a remake of the original or like a reimagining of the original because I think that would be wicked with I like heard, today's tech. Do, has there been any updates on the Deus Ex universe bit? Because um, following the first one, there was um, some announcement. It wasn't an MMO, but it sounded like there was an expanded universe being developed, and I haven't heard much since. I think that it's it's uh, it was a little bit of a red herring in the sense that I think it, it, what it referred to was uh, a sort of a myriad of, of, of products. So they, they have this game coming out, and I think they have like some iOS things and some like – I think there's a series of things that all kind of tie in together into what's known as the Deus Ex universe. But I, I, I think that it was incorrectly identified as something like an MMO originally or maybe they changed their direction. But now it's just sort of the name for all these things, the big one being the new game. Uh, but I think they'll be like – who knows? Maybe last time they had Deus Ex: The Fall on iPad or whatever. Maybe there'll be something like that uh, oh, as wow. well. So, so, so I'm I'm not sure what's part of the universe package, but I think it's more of a branding exercise than anything. Yeah, I think you're right. So I just did a quick search in Google News and came up with an article from 2014, like a year and a few months ago, December 2014. Um, Mysterious Deus Ex Universe is not an MMO, Square Enix says. What's interesting about this is that it's a shot. Um, it's a, you know, there's a part where Adam Jensen's standing and there's some, some uh, halogen lights behind him in the shape of angel wings. That's one of, it's sort of like, you know, um, a key moment in the trailer and in the game, it seems like. And there's an image of those halogen lights associated with the Deus Ex Universe thing. You know, like it's just a random screenshot, like a text screenshot. Um so I think it just sounds like, you know, the way they do the Final Fantasy Crystallis, Molalis, Bilalis to describe some of the different worlds. I think it's, this is Square Enix as well. So maybe they like that shit. Maybe it's it's just referring to a series. So what you'd kind of be looking for is is something a little later in the timeline that's way more sci-fi. And I'm, I'm into that, man. So um, Deus Ex seems interesting. We're both uh, all on board for it. We want lots more Deus Ex for many years to come. Yeah, Cyberpunk for the win. Cyberpunk for the win. All right, next up, Overwatch closed beta starts tomorrow. Blizzard fanboys and fangirls giddy with excitement. Again, not really news, but um, damn it, I hope I get a, a freaking invite tomorrow. I don't think I will. I'm I'm pretty high on the totem pole because PSA, the low man on the totem pole, is the most important one. That expression that you heard, it's wrong. So, so Overwatch, how many people can get into this closed beta? Uh, I don't. I don't have a number. Do you have a rough approximation? Are we talking like the Star Wars Battlefront thing, where I was in it and just it's by not downloading open. it? It's invite only. So invite. You know, common sense tells me that the invites are going to go to the highest influencers first. If there's if there's no NDA on this thing, if it's closed beta, but go ahead on Twitch and stream the crap out of it to generate the hype, 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 then they're going to give it to influencers first. What I'm hoping, because I'm friends with influencers, I'm hoping maybe those influencers are like, hey, I've got a friend that I that is awesome at playing shooter games. <laughs> get in. And then that friend has another friend who also wants to get in. Their names are Bo and Crofton. But we'll see. You know, fingers crossed. But uh, I don't think I'll be getting in. But um, 
I'm, Wouldn't it I, be hilarious? I think it'd be super hilarious if I got in somehow and you didn't. Did you sign up for the beta? Uh, do you have a on battle.net? Oh, I'm going to I can I do is it too late? Well, no, well, no. Okay, so and this is for everybody. Uh, open up uh, battle.net and there should be an Overwatch button and there might be a, a, a manage account thing like and then you'll go to a web-based browser. A web-based in a browser part of battle.net and then you can click on your profile setting. Wow, it's actually long instructions, but all it's right. Fairly but easy bottom stuff. line, bottom line is they're not even going to bother with you if you don't sign up to their uh, to their thing to let them know you want to play, right? Yeah, you have to go. You have to have a Battle.net account. Go into your beta profile settings and click the checkbox that says "Yes, please include me in the Overwatch beta." Um, please include me, Blizzard. I'll give you my <laughs> oral consent. That sounds dirty, but I just mean I'm telling right. you that you can include me. Okay, well, go take care of that now so that they don't increase your odds of getting an invite at some point. No, the, I have to do this the, show, well, the but ba- I will do we're it gonna after. Find, BlizzCon's around the corner. We're going to find out maybe when they intend on doing an open beta, but um, Alpha lasted more than a year for Heroes. Uh, this beta could it could be a long time in beta still, maybe. Um, so Overwatch, just as an aside here, for those who don't know, it's like a team-based shooter like, like Team Fortress uh, is, except... Whereas in Team Fortress, you have sort of individual um, uh, roles, like there are a bunch of people playing medics, a bunch of people playing like strong guys or big guys or whatever. In Overwatch, there's a series of heroes, much like a MOBA. So you you can get a hero and each hero has a different skill. So your group could be made up of completely different heroes. And there seems to be a series of games like this that are coming out. Like I think Overwatch has its finger on the pulse, but there's like – Battleborns Bat- on the way, which is yeah. a, it's more like a MOBA, but it's made by the Borderlands folks. Gearbox, um, are doing it. Lawbreakers is another one. Um, the Doom multiplayer was alpha was this weekend, and Doom. I think they're trying to position themselves for great shooter multiplayer stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. Like, in something new in the shooter world is appealing to me. Like, uh, um, and I think this team-based heroes type thing. While I might not necessarily like it in an isometric sort of MOBA setting, I may prefer it in a first-person shooter type mode. So I, I'm I'm excited, man. I really um, and I think that I'm I think of those games, Overwatch is the one that that appeals to me uh the most so overwatch I'm is gonna to... be gonna have less of the moba elements um battleborn is like actually a first person moba from what i understand right yeah but um overwatch is more gonna be like team fortress and chivalry oh, right. it, 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 it's like some of the maps in chivalry what's there where you have to like move a thing down a hill and then siege the thing like it's like move the nuclear payload to the point b okay I've never played Chivalry, actually. Oh, uh, it's crappy. It's like it's good. The, overall, it's good. The graphics are kind of crappy, but the aesthetic is amazing. It's like Game of Thrones, sort of humans fighting, no fantasy characters, and then you just cut each other's heads off. I should give it a shot sometime. It does kind of appeal to and me. The game has a robust voice macro system, a la Planet Side One. So it's not enough that you're just doing these things. You're also like, I'm going to cut off your dick or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, like part of the Man deal. turret. But it's like it's over the top, like chivalry stuff. Like it's really it's way better than Planet Side in a way. Like zero chance against me, you ass fuck. Whoa, um, man! It's a sweary <laughs> episode of uh, exclamation mark. Hey, whatever. All right, let's this move is... on. There's tons of news. Uh, okay, Overwatch, so Arkham Knight going go back on sale October 28th for a PC. So uh, as you guys may recall, huge debacle. Rocksteady had sort of sent the PC version of Arkham Knight to uh, – 
to another house for development, a porting house. Port job was they weren't given much time, was a huge disaster, got yanked from the Steam store. Everybody's wondering when it's going to come back. Boom, it's supposed to come back next week. This is actually perfect, and I'm sure that it was timed for this because the game Arkham Knight takes place during Halloween, and uh, I I can't believe, like, having seen the thematic uh, nature of the game, I can't believe that it originally wasn't released for Halloween. Is it like a diehard for Halloween? Yeah, it's it's well all the Arkham the Arkham games after I I'm not sure if um actually Arkham City does it take place during a holiday? Arkham Origins takes place either during Christmas, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think City it's kind of wintry and cold like late fall, early winter, but it's Yeah, not, but but um it's Origins not, uh... It's not a theme, not a holiday theme to it. Origins definitely takes place during Christmas, and that's that's kind of like the or Christmas, New Year's. It's Christmas, I think. And anyway, that adds a certain flavor. Like there's Christmas lights up and and different things like okay. that. Um, and and there's all sorts of Halloween decorations out during. And Scarecrow is the big villain, and it draws from Batman stories such as The Long Halloween and this sort of thing. So it really is serendipitous that they're ready to go. Um, to back on sale on October 28th because it is like a really good Halloween game. Not too scary, obviously, because you're the fucking Batman, but uh, but it is definitely thematic. And if, for those of you on PC who missed the chance and, and are looking for a good game for the holiday weekend, and Halloween is one of those gaming holidays I find. I like, it's the same with movies. You want scary movies or you want like thematic, content so arkham knight is definitely a good one if you're looking for a halloween game awesome all right uh so that's coming out again apparently the big story is are all the issues for pc fixed and um presumably they are i guess we'll find out because uh we've talked a lot on the show about it's crappy release on pc so um here's another interesting thing it's not video game uh related but um it's kind of a go canada story since uh croft and Bo are a couple of canadians Canada, uh, fuck yeah! <laughs> um, basically, Star Wars: The Force Awakening uh, Awakens will stream on Canadian Netflix in 2016, and apparently, it won't stream on any other Netflixes anywhere else because the way content license works, it's it's a crazy labyrinth of like, like the original Star Wars isn't on Netflix because Sony owns the rights, and yet they've sold it to Disney, who then can make deals with Netflix or whoever else. Like, it's never like. Um, one right holder to one distributor. There's like multiple ones, but um, Disney's making seven, so they have I think the exclusive rights to you know put it wherever they want. No brainer to have it up on uh, good old Netflix. I'm sure Netflix Canada know. is paying a mint for it. I um, thought you know okay, so now I've started to see the Lord of the Rings movies up on Netflix and stuff, but I always thought that like. There was a there was sort of a decision made by these big companies not to put like the I, the original or any of the Star Wars movies or any of the Lord of the Rings movies or anything on Netflix with the idea that people those were the few movies that people would still buy like you'd go and buy well, a Blu-ray that, or whatever if you want to watch Star Wars you have to you have to go and buy Star you know, Wars that, as opposed to being able to stream it that kind of logic is like how it if you if if the rights holders was one company and then they made that decision, that's fine. But there are overlapping and multiple relationships that have exclusivity clauses in those agreements. There's more than one 
production company or whatever you know involved in it so like in the article here it was saying that like the star wars um like the this disney can't alone decide you know where star wars gets published it's got it's got to go through sony as well and getting all those people to the table to discuss deals with in all the countries around the world because as you know a lot of people circumvent geographical restrictions um, what? Bo, watch, I don't know what you're talking about. To Stop watch... pointing the fingers at me. Are you giving me the third <laughs> degree here, Bo? I, no, no. Let's, uh, you know, none of us do it here. But, um, you know, it's a thing. But anyways, we may, you know, we, I mean, we at large, we the people may be disrespecters of those uh, geolocking. But um, the companies cannot legally operate outside of it. So a lot of that stuff, it's like right now on Canadian Netflix, I can watch Star Trek The Next Generation. Where's my Deep Space Nine? Where's my Voyager? And you'd think, well, they're holding it back because they just want to make money off DVD sales. But they probably would love to get money from Netflix to have it on there. They probably make more money there than people buying Star Trek Deep, Deep Space Nine DVDs. I, I agree with that. It, I just thought, like, first off, I thought Disney owned everything Star Wars, and just and and owns Lucas Arts and all Lucas Film. I just thought that they they were making they're in charge of their own distribution. Just like you can't get a lot of Disney movies on Netflix, like they they just sort of like sit on them. They go back in the Disney vaults or whatever the shit that they always pull. It, it more has uh, I, it more has to to do with the agreements according to this one again 20th century fox remains the owner of the original star wars in perpetuity that means no deal to release the 1977 classic alongside other films can occur without fox's involvement not sony but 20th century fox so it's just this new one which is the one people want to see right now anyway and i think that's cool because like i'm going to see it in theaters obviously but i know i'm going to want to see it again soon as it comes out so I'm, I'm 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 glad to know that i can just wait for the netflix release yeah and you won't have to fight with people at the blockbuster wait those don't exist anymore they don't <laughs> imagine if blockbusters exist like that would be the worst thing ever renting that movie anyways all right it's true do you remember when the new re- like there'd be a wall of new releases and then you'd yeah. go and they'd all be gone now it seems so quaint thinking about how new releases could be, you know, there could be no more because we can rent them, like, we can just stream them unlimited uh, unlimited over the internet, you know. And the modern but, world's great. Streaming's great. Movie um, houses are a thing of the past. All right. What else game is next? Season, what else we have game season. So that's what we're in right now. It's... Uh, it's rolling on here. Very few big releases still still uh, to come. The two big ones since we last recorded were Assassin's Creed Syndicate uh, and Halo 5, both sequels in long-running series. Um, the Halo 5 is coming out tomorrow, and uh, AC Syndicate came out last week. Both games are getting really good reviews considering that they are – Again, long-running series, and uh, they have to live up to their predecessor's hype. Halo 5 has the added pressure, of course, of trying to sell people an Xbox One. We talked on this show previously about how that's a bit of an uphill battle with everybody signing up to Team PS4. And it came out last week. There was a little back and forth between developer and marketing officer about will Halo 5 come to PC, especially with the push for Windows 10. And it doesn't sound like that's out of the equation. So, I mean, 
if if they had officially really ruled out that it's ever coming to Windows 10, they might have been able to squeeze a few more Xbox One sales at Christmas. But uh, but yeah, like it, the the thing about Halo Five that looks cool to me, Bo, is in you know I I, I went on about how I've, I haven't played a Halo for a while, but they have this new mode. It's like a warfare or something mode, and it's one of those big groups like twenty on twenty or something like that. Uh, with tons of vehicles and tons of shit and I just looked at some of it and I was like oh man that looks pretty awesome like Star Wars Battlefront's gonna have to work hard to earn its keep against games like that I think yeah um well it you know the trailer sold me we talked about last episode um I don't I, so is it com- it's not coming to Windows 10 right I no mean, not yet it's but there they haven't ruled it out which means that okay. you know potentially in the future the other thing is that um the, the, despite what the box art says and all this, the, you only play as the Master Chief 30% of the game and 70% of the game you're playing as Locke, this guy who's hunting the Master Chief with his group or whatever. So, I mean, for Master Chief fan boys and girls, like you may be disappointed playing uh, a different character for most of the time. Hello, Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, it's you know the reviews are out now, so you know that before going in, and I don't think that's going to stop. It's not Halo without fans. precedent. Didn't didn't OS ODST like you played as not a non Master Chief character? Yeah, you played as sort of a regular dude, and that was kind of a side story set during the events of Halo Two, where this is like a mainline Halo title, right? So yeah. personally, I, I kind of like I, I think if I was a Halo fan and played every game, I would be disappointed with. Um, with you know Master Chief not being in the game overall, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I'm not. I, I again, you know, it, it's the thing about Halo that makes it good is that I find the gameplay very good. Like the control scheme and the responsiveness of it compared to other games has a distinct feel. Like that's a hallmark of its brand. So I think if that's there, people will be satisfied. But um, see on the on the other side of the coin, you have Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is getting great reviews like people are saying it's returned to form and yada 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 i watched this video of danny o'dwyer and we've mentioned danny before on the show he's a GameSpot journalist and i don't want to be too much of a fanboy for danny because he seems to do really great stuff but he did this video uh on <laughs> which is like the point where he's breaking up with assassin's creed and he works it a bit like a, a, a you know he's sitting at a, a cafe table and pretending as if you know the camera is assassin's creed and he's breaking up with her um and uh, it it was funny because it really resonated with me. And part of what resonated with me was how much he liked her at the beginning of the relationship. And uh, I was uh, I was like that too. Like after Assassin's Creed One, I was already like I was counting down the days to Assassin's Creed Two, which obviously was a huge hit. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I played yeah. a bunch of them, and I I haven't even played Unity. Um, and despite the fact that Syndicate gets all these great reviews, the games are games are just becoming bigger and taking up more of my time. Hello, The Witcher Three. Hello, Metal Gear Solid Five. Like so, I just I feel like Syndicate is going to be a game that if I ever play, it's going to be because I have a lull many years down the road, well, uh, it, and and it's for sale for five bucks at the time or see, something. See, like you know? see, like some of those the two franchises you mentioned, you've had long breaks between those sequels. Like Deus Ex, I loved um, Human Revolution. It hasn't been like it's not like next year. There's a new Deus Ex game. Like I think. Assassin's Creed feels like there's constantly a new Assassin's Creed in the pipeline. 
and they there get is. here fast. And and there's not enough time to, I think, develop a thirst for the Assassin's Creed stuff. Like I think that's what's happening with that game because even when they're bad, they're still considered good. Like people are still fans of this series. But well, they it, still do ridiculous historical research for everyone and model these giant cities and shit like that. It's, yeah, like it's there, pretty impressive. There, there are reasons to, to 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 play this game. I just feel like because I haven't touched it in a while. I'm I'm at the point where I'm just it's like it's Call of Duty status for me as an outsider. Like I've played a few Call of Duties, played a few Assassin's Creed. I can see why people like it, but I haven't developed a thirst. And with so much happening in that universe, I feel behind. So I'm not gonna go back into it because even if i wanted to i feel like i have to go back to, to part two brotherhood or something i'm like there's so much assassin's creed stuff now i'm like i'm 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 out of the loop and so like i feel like the studios could be like yeah, let's make a different kind of game then come back to assassin's creed i just yeah I, it's not I for me see, now it's a it's a cachet thing i could see what they do eventually and this is the thing it's like you know i read somewhere that simpsons episodes take six months to make like so by the time you know if they get criticism with regards to an episode it's already taken like you know they can't change course until it it, until it's pretty much released because it takes that long um uh, whereas Assassin's Creed games, there's while Syndicate just got released, I guarantee there's probably two Assassin's Creed games that are in various stages of development right now. And in terms of like changing direction, it's like it's like writing a giant ship. So I I'm hoping because I feel like now it's been maybe a year or two since people have been talking like you like this Assassin's Creed fatigue. And I'm hoping that that may lead them, if it takes, you know, a few years to write a ship, then maybe they should know. But like, honestly, if they took three years off and then came back with a title and called it Assassin's Creed, just Assassin's Creed, like like the first one, except that it's, you know, t- 10 years later, that it's a remake or a relaunch and they start the series over, whatever, they rework some of the mechanics. I think it would sell like bonkers and I think it would be creatively richer than where they're at now, you know? Yeah, I that's that's exactly how I feel, man. So I don't know. Great. So why is O'Dwyer breaking up with it? He feels it's just blase. He, like... Well, no, his point is different, and it, it's worth it's worth noting. Um, his point is is essentially that um, because there's a couple of syndicates getting good reviews. Black Flag got good reviews the year before last. There's games that are still people reminisce about Assassin's Creed Two and Brotherhood and stuff like that, but. I mean, they're still they're still saying that these new games are are good. He's sort of pointing out the difference in how, like, in those games, you had a certain amount of agency in the world, but the world existed sort of without you. And whereas now, and we've talked about how Ubisoft has kind of polished this open world formula to a shine. They use it in Far Cry. They use it in Watch Dogs. They use it in um, Assassin's Creed. All those games share the same sort of overarching feel that the game world exists to service the player. That nothing really, even though it's a beautiful recreated historical area, that it, it, that it all exists 
to service the actions of the player. Whereas um, the older Assassin's Creed's, yeah, and maybe it was because of our blissful innocence at the time uh, and our inability to see the threats, but I think it also had somewhat to do with the game designs where you felt these worlds existed and, and things were happening um, without you being there. And, and, and now games like The Witcher 3, games like Metal Gear Solid 5 replicate that feeling. But the new... Assassin's Creed, what O'Dwyer was saying, is that they just feel too much like they're super well-crafted locales and areas, but they're hollow. They're emotionally hollow in the sense that there's tons of crowd mechanics and all these people walking around, but you never get the sense that anything is happening. It's like you're living in the Matrix, you know? You know when he goes into the Matrix simulations to do the training? and the It, it feels a bit like that. They're hollow. They have no emotional resonance. It feels like nothing's moving a- anymore and that they're just giant playgrounds. And some people like that. And he says, and they will like it. And that's why there's a giant discrepancy between some scores for Syndicate, where some people are giving it really high grades because it does that whole open world amusement park type stuff extremely well. And then some people are giving it low scores because it feels sort of emotionally hollow. Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) I got more more answer than I I wanted, but it's a good answer. So, um, you know, that's... It's worth, it's worth, it's worth watching the video, O'Dwyer, even though I, I did an amazing is, is, job recapping it. You did. Um, and, you know, O'Dwyer is a modern, I guess, uh, gaming soothsayer. He's becoming a critical thinker. Um, yeah, it just, it, all that sounds super boring to me. <laughs> all right, let's move on to games for a minute. Not what you said, just everything Assassin's Creed. I couldn't be more disinterested. You're always talking about making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the street, smoking pot. This is Games Per Minute. How do you feel about cutting his head off? This is Games Per Minute, where we talk about the games we've been playing. Uh, I'm going to go first and keep it quick, short, and sweet. Uh, I've been playing Heroes of the Storm. Um, That's pretty much been my gaming experience. I meant to play something new, and we haven't done an episode in two weeks, but uh, I'm playing Heroes. So, uh, yeah, probably a bit of Darkest Dungeon too, but we talked a lot about that as well. Nothing to really update there. Um, yeah, so. what? Well, here's the thing, because before I say what I'd be playing, um, this is going to be a hilarious episode. Uh, but uh, well, We can make a section quick. No, but Heroes of the Storm, just real, real quick, is there anything that's happened in the past two weeks of note other than your games or whatever? Like, is um, there something that's happened to the game? New, any new content? Any uh, sort of... Artanis was released for people who pre-ordered StarCraft 2. I didn't pre-order it, so I haven't had a chance to play him, but he's in the game now. Um, you know, if you're interested, I could talk about it for an hour, and if you're interested in that kind of thing, you might want to go to the show I do about that core, heroes3.com. Um but no, it's been, you know, I've been, I have uh, people that I play on teams with. I've been doing solo, Q, and Hero League. Um, it's just sort of part of my deal now. I play Heroes. <laughs> like It's become a lifestyle game. Yeah, like it's, I mean, it's something that, uh, it's an important, you know, I do a show about it, so, and I just enjoy playing it. So it's something that I'm constantly prioritizing over other gaming experiences. So if I'm going to spend time playing games, it's probably Heroes. I am hoping to get into the original Deus Ex. I have that, um, but we'll see. It's I just haven't had a chance, you know. And um, I think maybe I think, and this is we're not going to talk about it today, but it's worth discussing that a, there's so many games now that I really have to take a realistic look and only pick the games that are really, you know. You put it this way: only triple A, not triple A, only A plus material or something like. 
you really have to look at the content and be like, yeah, it's cool, and I'd check it out if I had all the time in the world, but I don't. And that's sort of what I'm going through right now with games. Rooms. I have my wish list on Steam has like a hundred games on it. There's so many. There's a new expansion for um, uh, the Beyond Earth, the Civilization sci-fi version. I'd love to play it, but I just don't have time for that. Like you know, so. And it's how it's where you want to spend your time as well. I agree a hundred percent. Like, uh, I mean, you're looking for this triple A gaming content, and where you're going to spend your time. And um, that's why when you end up in games like that may feel like somewhat of a grind or whatever, or you feel like you're trying to complete a game just for completionist sake, it might be time to, you know, walk away and that and, and uh, look for another one. Um, no, I totally understand Heroes. One, one thing that's funny is because like for longtime listeners of the show, you might be thinking, oh, man, Bo always is playing Heroes or Crofton's always playing The Witcher 3 or whatever. What I would say to that though is like there are lifestyle games out there that are that are extremely involving, and that if you're lucky enough to find one of those, uh, you can get enjoyment for a long time, sometimes at a low cost, you know. And I feel like um, I feel like uh, when I was working at Ubisoft in 2004, there was a guy playing Counter Strike competitively, like he was on an esports team playing Counter Strike, and Counter Strike was his life like he just wanted to play counter-strike all the time and i remember at that point like this is 2004 counter-strike had been out like now there's been all sorts of remixes and faceless it had been out since like 99 or 98 or when when half-life came out the mod came out and i remember thinking like wow you're still playing counter-strike like that is so old nobody plays that anymore graphics suck and all that sort of (laughs) thing and it's so funny because there are so many people that play Counter-Strike still today. Yeah, they're playing and it now, the original one. The pure. It's one of the most played games on Steam. And it, it just goes to show you, you find a lifestyle game, uh, you know, there's gamers, but then there's certain subsets of gamers, you know, even, and Bo even obviously. Now, CSGO is getting big. CSGO, counter, the new version, Global Offensive, which released like, what, two, four years ago? It's starting to blow up on the esports scene now. I'm still hearing about that game now. This the the game doesn't release and then fade away. It like does the opposite. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. And, so anyway, uh, lifestyle game. I I wouldn't apologize for Heroes of the Storm. You have your own podcast on it. Yeah, I know, but you know, I like I, I try to make an effort to bring something to the table every week. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's tough with the, the, you know limited time. But uh, how All about right. you? Well, You've definitely I, been playing something new, right? You have so many games for your Xbox and PlayStation Four. You must have yes. tried something that you didn't try. No, I played <laughs> The Witcher Three, buddy. The oh Witcher my god! 3. So you're gonna speaking of lifestyle games, you're gonna be stuck in um, what is that world called? Ox Oxwent. I don't know what the world of The Witcher is called. Honestly, uh, let me make I, something up. Averia in the world of Averia. I don't. I so Witcher Three. There's a new expansion released. I still haven't touched. I bought it. Haven't touched any of the content yet because I'm not high enough level. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I I um I also have uh. There's been a patch patch one point one one that w- was released. Now normally I wouldn't give a shit about. Uh, little patches but i had actually reached a quest in the witcher that i thought was a super awesome quest and it ended with a bug and it was bugged and i couldn't finish the quest and then this patch 
it came out literally the day after I got to that quest and people have been waiting for it for months and months to be able to finish this quest. And just the day I got to it, they, they were like, Oh, Crofton's there. We better release the patch. Um, so, uh, so did, it, did it, it fixed... break anything for you or fixed it for you? No, it fixed, it fixed it. It was Good. just kind of a, a character got locked in a death animation and all this. And, and she just kept dying over and over in front of you in the game. You just could, you could, you just couldn't continue. Like the quest just sort of locked there because you needed that character to die or whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just like, I've talked about this game so much in the past. The one thing, like I just, I will reheat really briefly um, is just the sheer amount of story content in this game uh, because a lot of people are talking about Metal Gear Solid 5 and I have yet to try Metal Gear Solid 5. The two are getting compared a lot. But I think one of the core differences is that Metal Gear Solid 5, a lot what people are talking about is the emergent gameplay. So you're doing a lot of these missions and the missions don't necessarily have voice acting or whatever. It's just like there's so many mechanics in the game that allow you to like have a satisfactory experience uh, doing things in different ways and, and, and doing like a giant list of missions and never finding that boring even though that there's not much story surrounding doing these missions. The Witcher is the opposite in that it is the most story-heavy game I've ever played in my life. It, every minute little quest has some sort of storyline attached to it. And and the longer you play the game, and let's face it, I've played the game a long-ass time, the more and more impressive it is. Um, and it's the closest thing that I've ever seen to, like, a life. Maybe Skyrim is another game like this. What I would – Bo, we were talking about lifestyle games. But those games tend to be multiplayer games. But I could totally see how The Witcher 3 could be almost like a lifestyle um, game on the single-player contingent because I'm, I'm – I keep – trying to get back onto the main story quest, but I haven't been very successful. And I've probably put hundreds of hours into this game. And I just found out the other day, I'm still in act one of like three or four acts in the, in the, in the main quest, like it's divided into acts. I didn't even know that. And I'm in act one. So, um, I, I, that's not to say that the other acts will be as long and, and that sort of thing, but I just think that it, it's, it's crazy that these games exist now. And I think about my year and I, I took a break to play Batman, which is a long game, but it's, it's not long by today's standards. It's kind of like, you know, maybe a, a regular length game, which, which in the olden days would have been a long, Batman would have been considered a long game. But now you have games like The Witcher 3 and Metal Gear Solid 5, and you just realize that, like, really, you can get through, if you have limited time, you can get through the year on, like, three games, um, right. pretty much. Right. Well, yeah. I. But the thing about The Witcher, though, is that, like, you're playing it kind of like you're whenever you have game time you're playing it but CD Projekt Red is not going to have another game for a while so you know you've got lots of time to catch if that's how you wanted to choose to enjoy it you know unlike Assassin's Creed where if you took too long the rest of the Assassin's Creed like 10 more games yeah. get released I you actually have time saying. to savor it but we talked about this getting into it takes time too like uh, you know Sky there's no new Elder Scrolls coming there's still plenty of things for me to get into Skyrim and go do. And I actually keep meaning to go back into the Skyrim world. Um, I have expansions I haven't played yet. Um, so there's maybe that's something I should actually play now that I think about it. I might download I, Skyrim. I will say when you go away from it, though, for a long period like I did to play Batman, it's very hard to get back in. But once you just go away for a day and then come back the next day, 
your investment time is a lot less. It's easier to get back back into it. And I will say that you're right. I don't play that much. But this past week, I've put in at least two hours a day, which is a lot for me on any game right now. So I put like at least 14 hours into The Witcher 3. Uh, this week, I've completed some quests. I've marginally advanced, you know, like I guess. Uh, I've had a lot of fun, and that's the thing. I can't believe I'm not bored of the systems and stuff yet. And and to to, to respond to your point, to your point about um, no sequels, like I have a not a huge expansion. Well, it's a pretty big expansion pack that's come out for this game that I've purchased, and I have yet to touch. And I'm gonna, you know, like I. I have well more content left in the single player game than I do in the expansion. Then I'll play the expansion. And then in like February or March of next year, there's a whole other expansion coming out that's going to have a whole new area. And if it's anything the size of the, the existing areas, which is likely to be, I mean, like I could see myself legitimately playing this game almost nonstop until like, I don't know, May of next year, Sweet. you know, that's like, what I'll it, play it. I'm, I'm gonna buy the whole thing for five bucks. That's that's the butcher plan now. <laughs> I, yeah, you, Witcher we'll, games we'll go on sale, they go on mega sale. You know, I, I've seen two on for five bucks. Witcher three will be, you know, I don't know, man. I, I feel bad for the price of the Witcher three because in Canada, especially, they've pumped up all the prices of games now. Like, if you look, they're like 75 bucks for these new games now. 70. Like Metal Gear yeah. Solid, I think is seventy five. I think Assassin's Creed Syndicate is seventy nine. Like these are expensive games. Meanwhile, The Witcher Three is fifty nine ninety nine, and I'm like, man, that is a ridiculous deal. You they're know? making, so, they're making. That's a good game. They're making money globally on that. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, for sure, for sure. It's just a change. Anyway, like it's, it's just I'm gonna. I know that I'm gonna keep playing this game, and it's, it's gonna be one of these things where we may have other episodes where games per minute is Heroes of the Storm, Witcher Three, you know. But whatever. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to keep. It down i think if you're someone that's listening week in week out you you know you can only take so much uh <laughs> you come for the variety because it's a video game podcast and not uh about one specific game too much fair enough and to be honest uh i already talked we talked about it for like two hours yesterday so you know i could do i could honestly at this point do witcher 3 podcast you could like, it's you could I know you crazy. Could, I think about that a single player game that you could do a podcast. It's, it's not like so crazy. Like one of the things that I see, and this is a tangent. Um, I watch this regularly. Is um, there's a there's a mod show um on YouTube. Like it's like ten minutes or ten to twenty minutes, where every week this guy features three mods. There, it's up to like 130 episodes. It's like two years of mods for Skyrim, and it's like a decent show. Like, it's just the one guy showing off the stuff. It's not like a podcast, but it's been going for two years for Sky, for a game. And well, yes, game, GameSpot has that, too. They have the Skyrim mod of the week, and I, I think used that to, went... I used to watch that. That They were funny at first, but this guy's stuff is, is a bit better because it's not... He's a he's a he's a sarcastic dumbass, but they actually focus on cool mods. It isn't like oh, this is Gamespot or whatever. Like it's yeah, yeah. I like this guy better. But yes, sure, Gamespot has it as well. But I think this guy is just a dude. That's kind of why it's cool, in my opinion. But um, okay, uh, so that's the games we've been playing. Let's go to let's talk about something. Now that there's one fine dialogue tree. So dialogue tree is where we have a discussion about something relating to video games in some way. 
And today I wanted to take a little time, a little time, to talk about the state of games reporting every little dumb non-story out there to do with gaming. Good lord, gaming news sites are incredibly infuriating to me. Um, we wanted... Tell us how you really feel, Bo. As part of what we do here, I do like to talk about the things we're excited about. We don't cover everything. I think when we did our first few episodes, I wanted to get every... what happened in the whole week. And, you know, And we spend a lot of time talking about it. We don't take like two minutes or 60 seconds per article. We can take one article and give it 10 minute overall. Until you're looking to kill yourself because we won't shut up. <laughs> and and so having done it a little while, and I you know I'm now starting to like recognize because um, I wasn't that avid of a game site article reader until we started doing EXM. I realize how much like stories are non-story. So at the top of the show, there was someone tweeted Bioware, and Bioware responded was a piece of content on this site. No way is that worth talking about. I shouldn't have even read it. I find it almost irresponsible for people to be making content that is so crappy, that is such shit, just to sell ads and, you know, get my eyeballs on their website. So, you know, me railing about it is not going to stop it. Me not reading it is not going to stop them from the practice, I, I don't think, either. Like, it's very overwhelming. But I like to take a moment to say... Like, that sucks. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. I, I just hate it, and I like to hear what you have to say, Crofton, about these dumb little articles like, oh, hey, uh, this Twitter account tweeted something. Great, you know. Uh, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate, all right? Uh, because, I, I, you know, it's by any sort of account, it seems ridiculous. However, yeah. two things. One, if if you are into a game so you guys do a show called core where you talk about one game heroes of the storm and you literally dissect you know the costume choices for heroes on uh, in a particular game and uh and and then then you have these websites that are dedicated to more wider audiences like our show is supposed to cover more video games their show their their sites are supposed to cover these video games they have to fill them with news every day and and content and then there's all these different games and and you might be like oh look at this there's a new costume uh announced for batman and batman arkham knight like as part of this season pass, I don't give a shit about that or whatever because I'm into heroes. But if it was that same story about heroes, you would be into it. Like if it was a Deuce X, you know, like they uh, they released uh, new alternate outfits for Adam Jensen in new Deuce X game. No, I'm I wouldn't sure want. I, would... I wouldn't want to. Like it's that's. And okay, you 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 would be interested in it, is what I'm saying. Just just I, as I, I, would I might be. Interested... be. I, I might you know be okay with an article like that. Yeah, you would be because, and you would click on it. You'd be interested because you are, and and they're trying to get your clicks right from the main page. They want you to go into these news stories, and and so um, they probably have metrics as well on, on you know what people click on, which games draw more eyeballs, and that sort of thing, right? So those games as well are going to get more junky stories associated with them. The other thing, and this is a personal anecdote, is that a couple of years ago, like I used to go. To GameSpot all the time. GameSpot was like one of my main news sites. I would go there and I'd check out all these articles. 
a while back, GameSpot decided, I think there was sort of like a, a, a decision or maybe it was a staffing thing. I'm not sure what it was, but they moved away from instant reporting of all these minute stories. Um, and they moved to sort of like large pieces like Danny O'Dwyer's The Point video. They have a lot of these video shows like Jess McDonald, another lady, has The Gist. And there's these there's these different shows that they have. Um, and they report on some stuff, obviously, still. But IGN is continues the we're going to we're going to literally word vomit every little story that comes out they have all sorts of freelancers working it's like story 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 not just and the, the, them it's beyond video games they've got tv shows movies everything it's just like boom 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 and they, yeah. they update yeah. so where has that left me that's left me and i've noticed this behavior in myself I've started going to IGN like multiple times a day. Like I'm like, oh, what's going on on IGN? Oh, let's see what, what's – oh, any new stories or whatever. Just maybe something will interest me and maybe I'll go to GameSpot once a day. Maybe. And sometimes I'll just go like – because I can watch Daniel Dwyer's thing maybe once a week or whatever. So they're getting much less clicks from me and I have less of an inclination to go to their site because they're updating it with content less often. So I mean – I you know I'm I'm a textbook example of like that stupid minutiae stories that you're mentioning and railing on actually working on drawing question. me back and back. Question: um, Do you think do you engage with this content more at work than you do at home? Where's your primary use? Uh, oh, my primary use? use is on my phone. I, I ironically for a guy doing a video game podcast, all video game news sites are blocked at my work. So that doesn't mean you can't access it. You have a phone. Right. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah. No. That's what I said. So it's yeah. on my phone. But is it at work, or uh, during work hours, or is it at home that you think you engage the most with gaming news? I would say that, it's on the John. On the John at work. <laughs> both. 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 Whenever okay. I'm on the okay. John. All right. I would say on the John is when I engage the most with news. That's seems appropriate. You know, I think that's probably whenever I feel like watching the news because if I'm not in the John, I probably want to do something interesting with my time <laughs> like i'm trying to get a sense of you know from you like you know when you engage with this content more than so then you go out like we go i go out you go out before the show and actually specifically look at things because we do the program but i just am refreshing my memory though i've looked at stuff throughout the week okay Okay. Like uh, every day I'm looking at stuff and, and, and sometimes it's – and you made the point that sometimes there's big news that happens. Like s something happens and it's it's a large scale of affects a lot of the gaming industry or – like we opened today with the Star Wars trailer. It's a trailer for a movie but it's it sort of transcends pop culture to a certain extent. Everybody talked about it. Everybody's interested in it. And there are a hundred um, video games based on the IP. Like, right. So, so – and there's relevant. a lot – there's stuff like that in the video game space as well where we know we're like, oh, we need to talk about E3 this week, right? They made this giant announcement that everybody's, everybody's into. Um, but for instance, like today, while prepping for this show, I saw that Microsoft is is listing what the next batch of games or what the first batch of games that will be backwards compatible on the Xbox 360 um, that uh, uh, like Xbox 360 games that are backwards compatible on the yeah. Xbox One rather. Yeah. Uh, what they will be and which ones are in the pipeline and which ones are most anticipated and that sort of thing. So it's a story about like essentially a, a piece of functionality that was announced for a particular console and what games will come out. 
And and it's funny because like I took a quick look at it just because I have an Xbox 360 and I was curious. Um, but uh, it, it's just one of those stories that is like super focused on like if you're an Xbox One owner and you're waiting, you, maybe you're interested, you know. And then there was a side story. I clicked on it and there was a link to a story about how Snoop Dogg is lobbying for NCAA football 2014 to be backwards compatible on Xbox One. <laughs> and is starting Why didn't we cover that? That sounds like it, a great story. In his starting, he's his lobbying. Like, he's yeah, got... yeah, because Xbox, I guess, has on their website what? an Xbox feedback. Tell tell us what games you want to be backwards compatible. And most people are like Red Dead Redemption, obviously. And and then there's some people that are like Call of Duty Black Ops too. And then there's Snoop Dogg, who's like NCAA football, y'all. Um, and so he needs to rally his fan base to get anyway. I can't believe I'm talking about this. The point is, is that it's a junk nothing story. It's only a story because there's you know celebrity involved and the whole backwards compatibility thing. They're going to fill out that list, but but there are some people that are sitting around. Maybe Xbox One is their only console, and they're. I remember once upon a time, like when I had a Dreamcast and a Nintendo sixty four, IGN was divided into channels. And I would be clicking on the channels that I most was interested in. So every – like I wouldn't go to the IGN main page. My bookmark was dreamcast.ign.com or n64.ign.com. And there was seldom news because both those consoles were dead and no games were coming out yeah. for them. Yeah. And so when something – when any sort of news story, I was like a dog with a bone on it. So there might be some people that only have an Xbox One and they're really excited about this backwards compatibility news. But I have all these systems. I can play all these games. And so like at this point, like I feel what you're saying. There's just a glut of junk news content. And you're right. A lot of it is so guys like well, me so can kill some time at work. Okay, but let's have that site. Like, I'm not... There's no way that we can stop it. The internet's full of clickbait. Facebook is going to hell even worse. There's Every day I'm, like, accidentally clicking on something I think looks like a news item that isn't. Um, so, like, what I'm saying is let's have that place on our gaming sites, but let's have a place that only covers the big story. And I guess if you're the editor, what qualifies a big story versus what doesn't? Well... A reader like me doesn't want to read a piece of news about a tweet or about something someone said that might allude to something else. And I think you're right in saying if people that are fans of that thing, so, you know, I play Heroes of the Storm all the time. If I like, if there's something very, there's minutia related to Hearthstone, then, or sorry, Heroes of the Storm, like, I'd want to know that. And so, but the problem is with a lot of these sites is that it's all barfed up onto the main page. It's all barfed up onto there. Where I think that we need a place that's curated for just the top stories that are about substantive things. And and I don't even think sometimes an, like announcements, I guess, are kind of a big deal. But like we've been doing this show a little while and announcements even still feel like there's an article about Day of the Tentacles getting a remake. It's already been announced. We have some new, here's an article, there's some new screenshots uh, for you to see. Which I guess if you're into it, that's exciting. But 
I don't know, man. Like I'm just like, oh, it's a bunch of garbage. But it's it's part of the PR machine, and yeah. it is interesting. I know that I'm involved in it. And it, when you go to the grocery store and you see like, as you're about to buy groceries, you see Us Weekly or all these magazines about who Kim Kardashian is banging this week, or what the think, soap opera Digest, who who married who last week on Days of Our Lives. Oh my God, Shelley kissed Cass. What will happen next? Find I out. think that's almost a dated reference at this point, Bo, because I think there's very few soap operas that exist. I don't even know if soap opera digest to Oh, exist. soap operas are in full force. Man, I went to my mom's house the other day, and she had the TV on, and you know what came on? A new episode? A new episode of Coronation Street. Well, Coronation Street, obviously, is going it to... It's a soap opera. What do you mean, obviously? I well, I mean, it's going to... It will be never the die. One. The nuclear holocaust will come. Aliens will arrive. Yeah. We'll wipe it out. Somehow, that show will continue to be produced. Is <laughs> Corey still on? It is um, more resilient than cockroaches. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, it's just what I'm saying about when you get to the cash and you see these magazines. It's just that like these are... You're, you're catering to enthusiasts of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, in video games enthusiasts such as ourselves go to these sites and yes i choose like there's got there's a guy at my work who's a sports encyclopedia when he is downtime at work he's hitting like sportsillustrated.com and different different sports websites that that run similar junky stories to fill content because people are literally like you said when referring to work and 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 places where people are looking to you know spend some time they're they're going back countless times in a day to these sites and and while i i think your idea of having a a, a site that just curates the the giant stories and says these are the big stories in video games this week is good and I think that there's some newspapers or that have video game sections on their websites that have, might have that might have a section a, a section that kind of works that way. I feel like it's unrealistic because it it's all about catering to the most clicks possible. And if you're reducing the amount of clicks somebody does, then you're probably not making as much money as you could be. Yeah, so that's true. That's it, 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 but uh, honestly, I share your fr- uh, like it's a weird spot because I share your frustration, but yet I'm contributing to your frustration. So, well, we are because we we create a show, arguably that uh, you know is the last we have. What what's the extreme opposite of scoop? We we ha- only have dumps here, rehashes. Uh, sure, like you know, the value add for us is that uh, you like me, you like Crofton, or you like one of us. And you like our take on both of us. Or you like both of us and you like our take on things. So that's the value add is is us. It's not the news because generally the news is um, uh, rehashed, as Crofton said. But, um, you know, we only want to talk about things that are actually interesting and not this guy tweeted this thing. So anyways, I just wanted to rant about it. I don't I don't expect us to solve the problem with this conversation, but I do appreciate hearing what you have to say about it. Um, cause this affects all of us gamers and we need to stand together as a community. The more you know. <laughs> all right. Um, so we've got, uh, this. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. So, inventory management, where we answer the question, spend your cash or... 
Vendor trash. Yeah, high pitch, Crofton. That's exactly it. So um, this week, Crofton, do you have a recommendation for our listeners who continued listen to the show thus far and want a nice little gem of a recommendation to uh, send them on their way? I would recommend to them, uh, and and this is reheating a conversation we had earlier. But I I thought about this because when when looking at the layout of this episode. And I saw Deus Ex mentioned, and I know I've I've recommended Human Revolution, or you have before, and I stand by that. I still think it's a great starting point to get you into Deus Ex. Um, De- the first Deus Ex is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, it's really a difficult recommendation, so I'm making kind of a blind faith recommendation to try that thing that you announced uh, at the beginning of the show, that uh, Re- Deus Ex Revision, which is kind of like a... Uh, sprucing up of the original if you go into that if you're looking for an immersive single player game you go in with an open mind and you're willing to overlook clunkiness and some old uh, mechanics especially like early 2000s mechanics this is your guy walks ridiculous characters walk ridiculous the animation looks wonky the the um uh the the combat is not like you're not playing a modern title but at the same time i feel with that graphical upgrade it would be enough to to if you go in with an open mind to allow you to to get into it and i recommend everybody play through um the first mission, which is a uh, Statue of Liberty sort of terrorists have taken over the Statue of Liberty. It's way lamer than it than it sounds. It's the worst mission in the game, probably. Okay. Right after that, you'll go into UNATCO, which is the base uh, of the, uh, of, I guess, your organization. You meet all these characters. You talk to people and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. After that, if and you go on your first assignment and all that, if you're not in, then you know stop playing. But I do feel that like that first mission doesn't sell you well on the game. Give it a little time, and uh, I feel I would be remiss not to have made the uh, Deus Ex, the original Deus Ex, one of my favorite games of all time, to not make it a recommendation. So I recommend it. Just you got to go in with an open mind, and you got to be ready for old hiccups and stuff. Uh, but it's got a great story, great twists. You can approach things from all sorts of different ways. It's a hardcore PC game, not consoleized, so you have lots and lots of options and stuff on how to approach things. Um, so, yeah, that's my recommendation. Deus Ex. Great recommendation. I've been waiting for that one for a while. I Crofton stands behind Deus Ex. He's a big fanboy of that game. and uh... I am. I don't think you'll get a more solid or more strongly backed recommendation than that. Um, okay, uh, my recommendation for the week is Rocksmith 2014, which seems weird. It's kind of not a game, um, but I bought it on Steam from the game section, and it kind of gamifies learning how to play guitar. And I haven't really talked to somebody who has doesn't know how to play guitar um, and said, yeah, thanks to Rocksmith... I now can play guitar. You are going to have to commit to practicing. Uh, you know, just like learning any instrument, it's difficult. Um, but as someone who got rusty and didn't play the guitar very much for several years and got back into it, I played, you know, three or four times a week for an hour for over a year and a half, almost two years. Uh, I haven't been doing it as much recently, but I've been just actually playing guitar on my own without playing Rocksmith. I give it a lot of credit for uh, Rocksmith and Rocksmith 2014 for rejuvenating 
uh, my interest in guitar and, and actually helping me improve and, and, and learning songs is a way to actually learn tricks to make your own stuff and to just screw around. So um, I actually want to also do it a solid. I want to do my Ubisoft Brothers a solid by big upping one of the, I think, their best game, the best thing that they've done for gaming and for music in Rocksmith. Um, it's a pretty incredible product. So uh, I recommend uh, Rocksmith, and I recommend learning to play guitar. It's fun. And playing guitar gets you the ladies. No, I, I've i gotten zero ladies thanks to... Actually, that's maybe not true. Maybe like some past girlfriends would like the fact I play guitar. So. Because of the guitar, because of Rocksmith, yeah. the ladies then, will you know, love you. Yeah, and we got to the lovemaking, and then it all went bad because, you know... The music can only carry you so far, boys. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's funny you mentioned Rocksmith because when I did the the gaming wrap up this week, I forgot to mention like both the new rock band and the new Guitar Hero have come out, and both of them they in, they innovate on the sort of plastic instrument genre in different ways, and they they sort of um, they went away for a while, right? And and now they've come back, and yeah. uh, and uh, I, they've gotten generally quite strong reviews and such but uh i think rocksmith is is an underappreciated gem and i think it should be a highlighted um highlighted more often because rock band and, and guitar hero get all the press but rocksmith is actually it's a game but it's also an it's also like a tool uh so yeah, and once I you learn that, a song you can actually rock out to it right like you hear what you're it's not like i'm playing buttons and don't get me wrong. I think we've had some pretty fun times at Rock Band Crofted, right? All, remember yes. four of us were in a band and we were a singer and everything. It's good too, but there's I nothing like... said it was amazing. But there's nothing like feeling like you're actually rocking out because you're actually playing Pearl Jam. You know, you're playing, oh, I, I'm still alive. You know, like it's a good feeling. So if you have some interest in guitar, do it. That's a sweet recommendation, Bo. If you have recommendations or feedback about any part of this show, you can uh, for sure send us an email through our Gmail account. That's sure. exmpodcast at gmail.com. We'd like to hear from you on Twitter. At exmpodcast is our Twitter handle. Um, we got a website, exmpodcast.com. You can find all our previous episodes there. Uh, listen to some of them. Generally, you'll hear us talk about Heroes of the Storm and The Witcher, but sometimes we talk about other games too, and it's always entertaining. Uh, Facebook.com slash podcast. Give us all your likes. Um, on Monday night, we record the show, and we do it live on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash podcast. Uh, if you want to see Carlton do his Carlton dance live, that is the place. Also, if you think, man, these guys are so awesome, I love their show so much, but then I have to wait an entire week until I hear it again, uh, you know what? I'm here to help you. We have a second show. That's right, a second show. No, it's not Bo's Core Heroes of the Storm Nerd Fest, which is also good and you should check out. It's a show we do together with a colleague of ours named and friend named Michael Hodgins, Good, Bad, or Bullshit. We pick a random topic every week and determine if it's good, if it's bad, or if it's bullshit. That's goodbadbull.com. Finally, we are both individuals with individual needs. And if you want to find more about Bo's individual needs, Bo, (laughs) where 
Where can people where can, can people find you? Find eHarmony where I list all of my needs and likes and dislikes. No, you can uh, check me out on Twitter at Bo Schwartz. There, you know, you can link to Good Bad Bull, you can link to this show, you can link to Core Heroes, uh, heroesforyou.com. Uh, that's where you find all my stuff, so follow me. To, for the record, Bo is accruing new followers at a rapid rate due to his growing celebrity yeah, in the Heroes of the Storm market. Let's brag about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm bragging for you, so I'm bragging okay. by proxy. I right. know you, so therefore I sort of get to enjoy the glow, you know? Follow Crofton at Crofton Steers, because he actually has substantive tweets. I just tweet, like, dumb things that enter my brain, but uh, every now and then there's a real gem that comes out of Crofton. That's correct. There's true at Crofton Steers. That's my uh, that's my Twitter handle. And so now that we've finished all our business, all our jibber jabber and chit chat, it's time uh, to break out the last part of the show, which is the Master Game Theater quote of the week. It's now time for Master Game Theater. All right. It's time for Master Game Theater, but before we get on, I just wanted to give our listeners a sample of the brilliant tweets that Crofton tweets. Uh, Thanks at Spotify for including Uptown Funk on your children's list because kids are never too young to hear hear lyrics like, Bitch, say my name! (laughs) (laughs) That really pissed me off. We're listening to Spotify. We're listening to Spotify. I'm like, I'll put on the children's playlist, and then it, I'm like, it was a children's down. playlist. Yeah, it's a children's playlist. Oh, because I thought you just had Spotify on. Because you didn't. Did you specify that in the tweet? Maybe I don't did. know. Your tweets. What did brilliant. I write? You just read it. I just. Read it. Yeah, you didn't. Oh, on your children's list. Okay, very good. So the wag of the finger, Spotify children's lists. It, Aren't for swear songs. Yeah. Everybody knows that. I didn't think I had now, to have this conversation with you, Spotify. If you're a parent that likes to let children hear swears, that's okay. There's this for you too. Every other list in the universe. <laughs> but, Bitch, say my name. All right. Um, I think I put my face too close to the mic in order to be intimate with Spotify. Hello, Spotify. How are you doing? All right. Um, uh, it's Master Game Theater. This is where we act things. Crofton already said all that stuff. I just interrupted him. Crofton, are you ready for this one? I think this is going to be a good one. I think it is. It, I feel like this is the second one from the Mass Effect series we've done. Is I, that correct? I don't think so. I don't think we've done Mass Effect. That's why I picked it today. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think we've... I think, I think Bioware has been underrepresented in our performances. Yeah, generally they have tons of voice acting in their games. But if we did one, we didn't do one um, that's this length. So, But it, it's, a, it's a longy, but a goodie. All right, so... Here, this is an exchange between Commander Shepard and a reporter on the Citadel. Is this correct? That's correct. And if so, you play Mass Effect, then you know what's going to happen here. Um, I, yeah. I'm curious because I'm in the role of Commander Shepard. I might Mark Mir Commander Shepard or Jennifer Hale Commander <laughs> Shepard. Whatever you want. That's the brilliant of Mass Effect. It's uh, you choose. But um, all right, you know you're definitely renegade uh, points, um, and not and less, not so much Paragon points. I got gotcha. you. All right. <clears throat> all right. Mo, 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 mo. I just got to do my warm ups. Peter Pecker 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 Pepper. All right. <clears throat> Kalisa Binson on Al Gilani, Westerlin News. 
I interviewed you two years ago when you first became a Spectre. You presented your case very well on camera. What? So you can try and do another smear job on me? Now, Shepard, you may object to my methods, but we're on the same side. You're back. Your news. I just want to give your story its due. Sources claim you were at the heart of the Presidium during the Battle of the Citadel. It's fair to say the course of the battle hinged on your words. If true, you told Admiral Hackett to assist the Destiny Ascension, costing hundreds of... You're supposed to interrupt I've had enough of your disingenuous assertions. I just punched you in the face. I wish I'd done that the first time we'd met. You son of a bitch. I'll make sure everyone in the Alliance sees that. (laughs) 